Welcome to Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just change your mind. Here we take that chance for you and explore in-depth into an investigation about the deaths and depths of character in, uh, never mind, I'm, I'm not going to go on this route, but we take that chance for you and let you know our opinion on if show deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-investigator, Josh. Yes. Now, let's get ready for investigation? Sure, why not? You're in-flight investigation? In-flight entertainment? I, I don't know. Your investigation flight will be only murders in the building. Murders in the Building is a true crime podcast brought to you by our sponsors and our lovely Patreons like you. Wait, wait, wait. So we went from talking about Only Murders in the Building to being Only Murders in the Building. Yes. I was going to say it's a podcast hosted by mm. and then mention the people, but whatever. Yeah. So Only Murders in the Building is actually a TV show from Hulu, a Hulu original TV show. Yes. From 2021 with a star-studded cast. Is it studded or is it just star-led cast? Little column A, little column B? Either way, it has Steve Martin, Martin Short, and then Selena Gomez, I guess. Which just breaks the naming convention. Steve Martin Short. Where are we going from there? We need a person that's next name starts with Short. I have no idea. Yeah, I got nothing. I have to assume there was like some rapper from the late 90s or early 2000s that used Short for their like stage name. Or just somebody whose name is Short. It's Hollywood. Names don't mean anything. That's... You just can't have the same name as somebody else. That's true. against the rules. Yeah, you're not wrong. If you are both actors. Which is why Michael B. Jordan is Michael B. Jordan. Because Michael Jordan, the athlete, is part of the act... The Screen Actors Guild. And his screen name is Michael Jordan. So Michael B. Jordan couldn't be Michael Jordan. Because there's already a Michael Jordan, and the Screen Actors Guild has a rule against that, so he's Michael B. Jordan. The Screen Actors Guild is dumb. I get it. Like, I get the reasoning. Your name is power. Yes. Hollywood prescribes to ancient ideologies around magic and what gives things power. Yes. Hollywood is a satanic cult. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. They sacrifice children in the bottom of pizzerias. No, that doesn't sound right. That happens in D.C. That's politicians. Hollywood is a Scientologist cult. Well, some of it. All of it. Most of it? All of it. Anyways, Only Murders in the Building is, like I said, a 2021 Hulu original show about a group of three people who are obsessed with true crime podcasts and decide to start their own after a murder happens in the apartment building they live in. Yeah. And so I guess we'll get into the show now, I... Yeah, season one, episode one is called True Crime. I forgot the name of the hotel that they live in. Well, one's not a hotel. Mm, Yes, it's an apartment complex. (laughs) It's an apartment complex. And it's like the AR something or other. We're so prepared for this episode. The Arconia? Arconia? The Arconia, yeah. The Arconia. There we go. The Arconia. That's why I thought, that's why my brain like constantly fills in hotel for where they live. Because what type of apartment building is called the Arconia? A fucking place in New York. Why not? It's, also, it's what New York. Do apartment buildings normally have names? Fancy ones like the ones they live in, yeah. Mm, fair enough. Also, even non-fancy ones like our apartment complex has a name. The complex has a name, but like... Yeah, and for other places like in New York, the entire building is the complex. Like, they have a courtyard in their building. Uh, fair it's just, point. You see from the outside building because things are built directly all the way to the fucking sidewalk because you're using as much space as you can. Because it's a city. Mm-hmm. And the cities are big. Yeah. A single building can be a complex. So, but a complex can also be multiple buildings. So only murders in the building opens media res. There's police SWAT rushing into the building. Yeah. Guns out. Getting, re- getting ready to not shoot anybody mm-hmm. because that would involve risking their own lives. And we see Steve Martin and Martin Short also running through the building. In the opposite direction of the non-police people. You mean the civilians? Yes. The non-bastards. True. And they stumble upon their known associate. They don't stumble on their associate. Martin Short's character's like, we can't leave her. Oliver. Yeah. Well, we don't know his name yet. He's like, we can't leave her behind. We have to. And then they find their associate, their friend, who is played by Selena Gomez. Her name is Mabel. Kneeling over a dead body, and she is covered in blood. It's not what it looks like. And then two months earlier. 
And when we cut to two months earlier, we, we jump, we get a little bit of an introduction from each character to give us an idea of who they are and why we should care yeah. about them. They're all basically talking about what living in New York is like, but obviously from their own biased perspectives. Yeah, so Steve Martin's character, whose name is Charles... Brazos. ...is an out-of-work actor who played in one hit show ever and then never really got work after that, but he's walking through New York and he's like... People are always scared about crime in the city, but you don't really have to worry about the city. Cities have a way of looking out after their own. It's, it's not in the city when you, where you discover that your neighbor has 19 dead bodies in their backyard. That only happens out in the boonies. Yeah. Uh, so he's got like this whole city is safer mentality. New Yorkers like, have a way to care yeah, about like, each other. City, cities are tough, but like when everyone's together, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Bad things to happen without someone witnessing it. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Martin, who is like... The city, it's so great. I just love it here. There's so much opportunity and you can do anything you want and it's so easy. And I just, I love it. There's so much creativity and and then he walks out into a uh, pedestrian walkway when it's not, you know, safe to do so. So a car honks at him. He yells at the car classic New York interaction with car. In ever, seen in every movie and or Car honks. Show. Martin Short goes, can't you see my coat? Do you know how expensive this is? And walks away angrily while the guy who was driving is yelling at him. To be fair, that coat is very flamboyant. Very, very, like, Oh, yeah, no. Martin, Short, Martin Short's character looks fantastic every moment of the show. His character's name is Oliver. He is a stage director and maybe playwright and, like... Look, he's a... Apparently has done work as a director, but very much seems to see himself as a renaissance man of film. No, not film. Or theater. I was going to say film, theater, or production in general, because he thinks he can do television, film, stage, and podcasts, it seems. Yeah. He specifically mentions later that the show he's developing is for off-off-Broadway. Off-off-Broadway, you know, 42nd Street. Do I know what that means in context of New York? No, but I chose a number. And we're sticking with it. He's like, I'm working on some stuff that's off, off, off Broadway. Great line. It's a great line. Mm-hmm. And honestly, yeah, that that sounds accurate for like what he seems to be doing with his job. And then Selena Gomez is walking down a New York street, a sidewalk, and she's like, as a young woman in New York, every moment could be your last. You have to be ready to fight for your very existence. Some nights when I'm laying in bed, I imagine that somebody's breaking into my apartment and standing over me. And then I grab a knitting needle and I stab it into him to the bone repeatedly over and over again. And some nights when I can't sleep, I think of the same guy. And I think of stabbing him to death. And then I sleep like a baby. Yeah. Honestly, I love her character. So Agreed, but I hate her fucking coat. (laughs) It's orange and fuzzy and I hate it. I don't like orange. I don't like overly fuzzy clothing. So I just stare at the coat, and I hate every aspect of it. No, that coat is amazing. You nope. take your slander back. I hate it. It's not quite as good as Martin Short's purple coat that he was wearing, but oh, it, yeah, it but his was dope though. But it is a very nice coat. I disagree. It's okay. You, you can you can be wrong. The, so you might have noticed the show has a hint of comedy to it. Like it is a funny show. The show's a comedy. Yeah, a little bit. It's also a murder mystery, and it also like takes the shit out of true crime fans how can this show be a comedy it has both steve martin and martin short in it is this a legitimate question because I feel god like... no it was mainly on context that i've heard people seem to claim that steve martin is not funny and that's a fucking lie steve martin's hilarious so all three people arrive back at the arconia at roughly the same time yep and they stat they first charles gets on the elevator as he's getting ready to leave, um, go up to his room his apartment, not room. It's not a hotel. It's it's an apartment complex. Are you sure? I'm not. It could be. <laughs> it could be a hotel. It could actually be a dorm building. They could all be in college together for all I know. And then after Charles gets on the elevator, he's waiting for it to close. He sees Oliver coming to the elevator. Oliver's telling him to hold the yeah, elevator. Be- before Oliver heads towards the elevator, he stops at the front desk and picks up his mail. And it's like three boxes stacked up and... He's like, oh, it's this is the off Broadway comment. It's this is all for a show I'm working on. It's off yeah, yeah. Broadway or off off Broadway. Yeah, it's all research. Yeah, and so he's carrying all these boxes. He's like, oh, hold the door for me. And we cut to a shot 
from the inside where you can see out the elevator instead of in the elevator. And Charles is just fucking slamming the closed elevator button, which I hate to break it to you, man. Those don't, those don't do anything. In modern elevators, they do. Yeah. But the Arconia is like it an seems old older, ass building. Yeah. At least 20 years like, old. It's well up capped, but, but it, it seems pretty old. And honestly, in most places when they update shit, they don't update the elevators because that's a bitch to do. As long as your elevator has passed inspection repeatedly, don't fuck with it. I don't know. I don't even know how you take an elevator out of a building. I guess you have to disassemble it. How does one take an elevator out of a building? <laughs> like, <laughs> I I would assume you have to open up your elevator shaft again. <laughs> because you, assumedly you're putting a new elevator in. Yeah, yeah. And you don't assemble an elevator on site. That's not a thing you do. Okay, that's fair. So I would have to assume you have to open your elevator shaft up again. It sounds like a lot of work. Less work than building an elevator on site to safety regulation. <laughs> okay, so what if you just want this to This is why you don't replace elevators. <laughs> what if you just want to take the elevator out? You're not putting a new one in. You just want to take the old one out. If you don't want to put a new one in and you're just taking one out, you just sell up your elevator shaft. No, 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 but you want to take it out so you can use the space. For what? It's a giant chute. So you can dispose of dead bodies. I don't know. Cool. You just seal it up. You lose like 10 feet of room of disposal of bodies. You start a story higher on where you're keeping your bodies at. Or you fill the elevator separately and then throw the rest on top of it. Huh. So this was. Or a- alternatively, you keep the elevator at the top, fill it with some bodies, jump the rest of the bodies down the chute, and occasionally you need to run the elevator down until it doesn't go down anymore, so you can use it to like compress the body stack, so you can add more bodies. This is taking a weird turn. <laughs> yeah. So after, so Charles tries to close the elevator on Oliver, but Oliver gets in. Charles seems annoyed, and Oliver immediately starts talking. Yep. And then Mabel gets on board, chattering away. And Mabel has yellow beats on. Yes. And she's completely ignoring everything that uh, Oliver says. And Oliver then is, takes notice of the beats and he's like, classic old people move of, there is a slight thing that this reminds me of. Let's talk about it for the next five minutes, even though I have no idea who you really are. My favorite thing is he's like, oh, so you like them beats. Do you like them beats? Do you like your uh, beats? It's such a hello fellow kids thing. Like, yes. he's so obviously like trying to be cool, but failing miserably. Yeah. And he's like, I really liked mine. They were, uh, they were red, but. I left them on a subway. And the thing is, when you leave something on the subway. subway it- and then he's continuing to the story and he's cut off by Charlie because the elevator opens. Charlie's like, door. Oh, uh, no. He goes, ding, ding. Yeah. yeah. He, that's, the, that's the noise the elevator yeah, makes yeah, when he yeah. hits a floor. But uh, Oliver just talked right through it. But so mm-hmm. Charlie's like, ding, making the noise. Oliver gets off. Charlie looks over at Mabel. He goes, even the elevator wanted that story to end. Yeah. Mabel, kind of, Mabel kind of smiles. And then... There's the, no more conversation in the elevator, as it should be. Everybody knows there's two places you don't start conversation. And that is next to each other in a urinal or actually just in a public bathroom in general. And on an elevator. You don't start conversations in those places. Also, preferably not in taxis or Ubers, but... I mean, like, socially, whenever you're trapped in a place with another person... Just don't don't start a conversation. Yeah. Or if you try to, and there's no immediate reciprocation, kill it. Kill it, dead. Kill it quick. Yeah, because if you kill them, the conversation stops instantaneously. Exactly. Mm. And then you can hide them in your elevator. <laughs> or the elevator shaft. Exactly. I like how murder-heavy this episode is already. Only murders in the building. <laughs> Which is why you have to dispose of them in the elevator shaft. Exactly. So we cut to all three of them back in their respective rooms. Uh, we actually did see a white cat sitting on a table. I mean, also during all of this, we see a... Uh, it's a tabby. It's like an orangish... It's like an orange tabby with like maybe a white bottom. They do reference the cat's mm, yeah. color later when it comes up. Uh, and we did also, also forget the fourth person that gets I was literally elevator. about to yep. mention that, yeah. Yep, 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 sorry. Yeah. Before uh, Oliver has his annoying conversation with trying to relate to Mabel, a guy gets in the elevator and he's really upset. He has his hair slicked back, he's wearing a suit, and he's on the phone asking about why he doesn't have his package. Because this has happened before and this package is really, really important. What's the earliest he can get it? Tomorrow morning, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Yep, he gets off the elevator before any of them. Yes. Then Oliver gets off the elevator. Charlie makes his quip. We cut to all three of the main characters yep. in their various apartments. Which, if I remember correctly, so it should be Angry Man off the elevator first, then Oliver, then Mabel, then Charlie. Because I do believe Charlie lives on the top floor. 
he lives in the highest floor out of all four of them. I don't know if it's the he was top towards floor. the top of the elevator buttons, and I think it was all the way to the right, which would imply the top floor. But I might be wrong about that. So they're all getting ready to relax and enjoy their favorite podcast, which dropped a new episode. And honestly, this is the most unbelievable part of the show for me. Is there an actual culture around people waiting around? Or, like, scheduling their life for when their favorite podcast drops a new episode. I just wait till there's a push notification on my phone and then download the episode and, like... Yeah, because it's a phone. The push notification isn't always accurate. It might be, like, a day later. Sometimes it's just like, meh. And, like, I'll download it and then I might listen to it a day or two later. Like, whenever I have, like... Is there a culture of people just waiting on edge for that next episode of their their favorite podcast? I'm gonna go with yes, probably. But I feel like a better question is, so we don't really know what day of the week it is, right? Mm-hmm. But I would assume, just from the way it seems, probably sometime during the actual week and not a weekend. Well, we know it's not Sunday. We know it's not Sunday. Uh, we know that the building manager seems to be there, which maybe she doesn't work every day. Building manager lives in the apartments, though. Does she? Yes. I don't know. Bunny is the building manager. She lives there. He grabbed his packages from Ursula, though. Ursula's the building manager. Oh. Bunny is, is like the, the equivalent of the HOA, HOA head. head. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The asso- the apartment association, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, so my assumption, though, is just that it's during the week at some point. Yeah, okay. And I think they mentioned that it's like 9 when this episode drops. Uh, five, it's five. 5 p.m., yep. Yeah, which, like... That feels like a weird time to drop an episode, like consistently, like that is like actually competing hours with stuff. Yeah, I, most podcasts I'm aware of tend to just like release their episodes in the wee hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. Early in the morning is like every time I've seen it. Or you're awesome, you release it later in the evening around like 5 p.m., but only because you don't actually sleep and you uh, edit your episodes really late. Because you're terrible at scheduling. And not just you, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The greater you. Like, one of my favorite podcasts was it was a podcast called Flash Forward, and sometimes the hosts on that podcast would get behind, and, like, the episodes were supposed to come out at 9 a.m. Yeah. But sometimes they would come out at, like, 8.30, yeah, no, it just 8.30 p.m. or, like, 10, 10 at night, because then she'd be like, oh, I got really backed up, or I had a really late interview for this show. Yeah, and, like, like, I, I don't think it, I've ever, I don't think I've listened to any podcast besides one, well, technically two. That have had a perfectly consistent schedule for update for upload time. I have I listened to one podcast that has a perfectly scheduled two podcasts that have a perfectly scheduled upload time, and they're both podcasts that are a wrestling based and two owned by a much larger corporation. The AW Unrestricted podcast goes up at the same time every week. Okay, every every week, and then the Matt Hardy podcast goes up at the same time every week on the dot. Yeah, the only one I've listened to that did that was Marvel Wolverine. Mm, yeah audio drama podcast things and yeah that's because it was all already written already plotted out already recorded uh, i guess probably like a couple other audio like story-based series i listened to did that but i know dream boy didn't dream, dream boy, boy was, didn't i'm um, king falls didn't dream boy and king falls were my favorite like mm-hmm. welcome to nightville hasn't always done it so every audio drama besides specifically the marvel one that i've listened to hasn't done that mm, fair point um let's let it, getting back to the show they start listening to their favorite podcast. Yes. They get like, All is Not Okay in Oklahoma. Which is actually an excellent title. Fuck me, that's a good title. It's also a very like accurate true crime title. Like that, I believe that's a true crime podcast. Yeah, it's such a good true crime podcast title. God. Um, anyways, they get like minutes into the episode. And then they have to leave the fucking building because someone died. <laughs> Yeah. Though they don't learn them until they come back, but someone's dead, so they have to leave the building. There's a fire alarm. They all have to leave the building. Charlie is walking downstairs, and he passes the, the doorkeeper, who he's the only person in this show that yeah. likes him. Yeah. Nobody likes Charlie except the doorkeeper. And Charlie's like, So I appreciate calling him the doorkeeper, but I believe the appropriate title is doorman. <laughs> no, he's the doorkeeper. He keeps the doors. He doorkeeps drill bosses and death lights. <laughs> that's like girl keep door bots <laughs> uh, I cracked myself up <laughs> you look so upset so the doorman yeah 
Charlie's only the only person that likes Charlie is the doorman. Charlie's on his way out of the building. He's like, "Hey, do we know if this is for real?" And the doorman's like, "We don't know yet. We're trying to figure it out." Yeah, but on the way out though, Charles does see one person in like a white jumper, white hoodie, whatever, mm-hmm. going up. Yeah, going up the stairs in the opposite direction of everybody else. This will be him and Oliver in two months going the opposite way of yes. everybody else trying to leave. So though he gets out, he leaves the building, and he goes to like a bar across the street or some shit. It's like a restaurant. Yeah, it's like a full-on restaurant of some sort because they have yeah. an entire mill here. Yeah. But it does have like bar vibes. Like not like right? a not like a bar bar, but like a tapas bar or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like it doesn't have restaurant vibes, but it has like more than just a bar vibes. It's like a gastro. Maybe pub. this is just like how New York vibes. It's, it's an upscale gastro pub. It's New York vibes. I know, and I think I described it perfectly in New York vibe terms. Upscale gastro pub. Okay. So he gets there. And gets the last table. Mm-hmm. Pulls out his laptop. And his map. Mm-hmm. Because he's not just a fan of... He's... Not... What's the name of the podcast? All is not okay in Oklahoma? Yes. I believe that's the name if I have it wrong. No, you're definitely right. Sue me, I guess? Fictional podcast. Sue us for having yeah. your name wrong. Do it. Unless you're not a fictional podcast. In which case, please don't do that. <laughs> Fuck. Like, if it... you're an actual podcast that somehow Hulu got permission to use, or you're just like, hell yeah, do it. Don't don't sue me. If All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma is a real podcast, I hope to God Tina Fey is the actual host. Right. Like That'd be fucking great. I might listen to a true crime podcast in that case. I might go find it's All, all, all Is, is not, not Okay in Oklahoma, Oklahoma if Tina Fey is the actual host. Yeah. Also, for everyone who is apparent, like, because I mean, not everyone is necessarily going to understand why that's a great name. Okay, are the abbreviations used for like postal codes for the state of Oklahoma? So all is not okay in Oklahoma. It's just the abbreviation for Oklahoma. Yeah. If you're a foreigner who is listening to our show in America, all states have a two-letter abbreviation. Normally used for postal codes. Yeah, or just when you're too lazy to write the full word Indiana, or the or you don't know how to spell Minnesota. Because I realize, but what I'm saying is the reason they came into existence is for one specific reason, and now we all just embrace it to be lazy. Yeah, that reason is because nobody could spell Minnesota. It's so easy. I'm so bad at spelling. You didn't even choose a hard one to spell, man. What's a hard one to spell? Pennsylvania? No, that's super easy. Uh, no, I think Minnesota is one of the hardest ones to spell. Hmm. Yeah. What, what, what would you say is a hard state to spell? Mississippi, if you never actually learned. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, if you never learned that bullshit, because everyone learned it, like, probably in, like, first grade. Because it, it's just got a pattern. Yeah, 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 but if you don't know the pattern and you didn't learn it at a very early age, I think it's probably hard to spell, given how many of each constant you need. Hawaii would be hard if I didn't know the, the, the like, correct order for the vowels or how many I's in the in the word. I think... Honestly, cer- I remember Hawaii's exact spelling for because of Kawaii-con. Mm. See, I think certain states would be harder to spell if they weren't, like, cemented into my brain. You know what's a hard state to spell? Sure, that's what I was asking. Montana, because I forget it exists. Whew. The only other option is Idaho, but that one's a joke, which is the only reason why I remember it exists. Yeah, I think Mon. I think did I say Montana was hard to. No, you said Montana was hard to spell. Missouri. That's not what you said. The Missouri, I would argue, is probably harder to spell than Minnesota. Yeah, Missouri and Minnesota seem like the hardest ones to spell. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with those. We are way off topic. Connecticut. There we go. That's a fucking hard one. I agree. That one's harder. Yeah, see, there you go. Connecticut, I found the hard one. Yeah, I honestly don't think Minnesota is hard to spell as long as it's pronounced correctly. Uh, every time I've heard anybody ever say it, it's come, it's come out as Minnesota. Minnesota. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, that's obviously a D there. Yeah, no, it's I know it's not. Minnesota. We're so far off topic. Yeah, I don't remember where we left off. Actually, I do. So Charles is setting up all his stuff because I, refer, I, I know he goes by Charlie, but my, and then my, my Oliver, mind said Charles. And then Oliver yells and he's like, hey, nope. neighbor. Nope. Oliver shows up. He doesn't yell at Charlie, but he kind of stumbles into Charlie because he's moving a fucking stroller oh, with his right. dog around you're in it. You're right. Trying he, to find service. He yells mm-hmm. at Mabel mm-hmm. to come join them. And he finds Charlie, and he notices that Charlie has the giant map app, and he asks to join for a seat real quick, and then he mentions that his favorite podcast dropped an episode. And then they both are like, what was in the dog's, dog's mouth? mouth? Which is the cliffhanger that they were all left mm-hmm. on at the... Ex- That's the other part that doesn't make sense. This episode dropped. It's not a live episode. How are they all at the exact same point? They must have like been sitting there like, refreshing, refresh, 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 refresh. Click play. Or it has like a live launch mm, on like it. A, like a premiere on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So you can like 
already be on the channel, basically, and then when it starts playing. Uh, the better question, though, is then, why did they all drop at the same time? There's no way they all dropped at exactly the same point. And also, I don't be a dick, but I know from my days of living in a dorm, if a fire alarm goes off and I'm busy, I might just stay in my dorm. It, it depends on how <laughs> recent the last fire alarm was, yeah. Like, also, it's like... In this case, it's five in the evening, so like I'm already dressed probably, and like, mm-hmm. but like if a fire alarm went off at like three thirty in the morning, I was gonna like do some really serious thinking about it. if I was getting out of bed yeah. or or risking dying in but a fire. I, I think the better part though is like Mabel, I believe, is listening to it on her phone, mm-hmm. and is already using earbuds. Yeah. You turn that shit up. You might pause it, but you turn that shit up. Right? Yeah. And listen to it as you leave or like as soon as you get out of your apartment complex. I, I literally could not take my earbuds out in that scenario if, if there was a fire alarm blaring. It would be too painful. Fire alarms be loud. Yeah, like you just, you don't, you don't stop listening all of a sudden. The only explanation as to why they're all no longer, why they're all stopped at the same point is that the podcast is also hosted from the hotel and the person was actually doing it live and stopped the stream. <sighs> wild but no i don't think that's the case i'm saying that's the best reason for why they all stopped at the exact same i think logically if this is a true crime podcast about oklahoma it's probably being written and no it's definitely not it's a true crime podcast the person is nowhere near where it fucking happened no no because the true it's a true crime podcast but the the host actually did her own investigation Yeah, yeah yeah not in oklahoma is not in, she, I'm saying she is not in Oklahoma. It is not produced from Oklahoma. She could record it there if she's no. It, it depends on like how deep in they're going or how like how deep into the season they are. Like if they're st- like if they're mid season and she's still recording new episodes. Nah, she could still be in okay. No, nope. people would know if Tina Fey was in Oklahoma. Not a fair point. I'm not going to give that one to you. Anyways, <laughs> Mabel comes in. Oliver yells at her to come over, and then they're all like, "What, what was, was in, in the, the dog's, dog's mouth?" mouth? And then Oliver and Charlie have the answer because they've been listening to it. Well, she made her way from the apartment over to the restaurant. Which she appears to be quite a bit later over there than them. And we learned from like which the is, waiter. Which is why people theorize based on episode one that she's the person in the white suit and she murdered Tim Kono. Makes sense. But we also learned that apparently a lot of the other apartment dwellers are also over there from the waiter. Yeah. Which implies that... Charlie also got over there pretty late, as did Oliver and Mabel. Mm, yeah. Because, because there was only one table left. Yeah, yeah. So they all listen to the podcast together, and then they head back to the building. And when they get back to the building, the the doorman, not a doorkeeper apparently, is like, hey, yeah, we can't let anybody in the building. So they found a dead body. Yeah. They're investigating. We can't let you guys in right now. And to which Charlie goes, oh, I could get us in through the freight elevator and so they, they all take the freight elevator mabel's like we should stop on the floor before tim's because the eighth floor not the ninth oh yeah because he says they found a dead the doorman says they found a dead body on the ninth floor she says we should stop on the eighth floor because cops will be will be stationed on the ninth yeah. floor so they stop at the eighth floor they go up the stairs and they kind of like peer in on the investigation because each floor because this is a very nice apartment building has its own little lobby area mm-hmm and this is where Oliver and Charlie freak out because they've never seen a dead body before. Yeah. And like Charlie's like, I've seen one on set before, but not a real one. Anyways, at this point, they start talking about like who could have killed him, what was going on. And then they find out that the cops are ruling it a suicide. Yeah. They also, though, realize that the um, person that they saw who is now dead was the same person as the person in the elevator. Yep. Yep. Uh, also, they don't just, like, see it from afar. They kind of see him up close because they sneak over towards the crime scene. Yeah, so the cops, like, start... They disperse to search the floor and search the building. So then they sneak well, over, see the canvas, dead body. Canvas is the term. Yes. So they sneak over to the actual apartment, see the body freak out, bell back out the lobby, and while they're freaking out, they stumble into, assumedly, the lead detective. Yeah, and they're, like, trying to give the lead detective advice, and she's like, you motherfucking well, true crime junkies. I, at first, she's like, she is very, like, actually decent at her job at the very yeah. least. Because she's like, what are you doing here? Do you know the person? Blah, 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 blah. And they're just like, well, no, it's a straw. Charlie and Oliver are freaking the fuck out because they're being confronted with a cop. And also because they snuck into a crime scene. And also because they think they know what they're talking about. Whereas Selena Gomez as Mabel shuts the fuck up, which is what you do. When a cop asks you a question, the only thing you say is, not without my lawyer. Yeah. And actually, if you're in Louisiana, you need to specifically say, 
I request a lawyer to be present. Mm-hmm. Because if you say anything else, they're, they're, they'll just pretend that you didn't ask for a lawyer. Yeah. Like, you don't believe me. Google a court case. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. There are situations where it's probably better just to answer a basic question. Nope. Eh. But definitely not in this situation where you've snuck into a building that has apparently been closed off by the police. And what you believe is an active murder investigation. Yeah. Because the police response to this implies that they believe the murderer is still somewhere in the building. If it is a murderer. Mm-hmm. But Even though they seem to think it's a suicide, so I don't know why they're canvassing the entire building. That's actually a good question. If she's come to the conclusion that it was a suicide, why, why are, are they, they canvassing the building? Why are they keeping people out of their homes when they are not part of the crime scene? The crime scene is in one specific apartment? No idea. Yeah, it doesn't add up. It heavily implies that it is not suspected to be a suicide. Mm-hmm. Also, if you thought it was a murder at any point, why did you let everyone from the building wander the fuck off? To be fair, fire alarm. They didn't know a murder was happened until yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. But then there should be more officers down in the courtyard when they get back when there wasn't a lot of them who should be like, hey, do you live here? Cool. We need you over here. Yeah, that's a very good point. Because after this moment, we don't see the cops again in this episode or the next when they should be reasonably stopping by every single fucking person and asking them questions. Or at least every person on the same floor as the dead body. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree with you. Anyways, it's at this point that the three of them scamper away. Yes. And they all go to their separate rooms for the night, but they all get to thinking. Why did he have a trash bag with him? There's a trash chute on every level. Because when Tim got on the elevator, because that's this guy's name, he had a trash bag. Which is weird, because every level has a trash chute, so there's no need to take it on the elevator. Yep. So Charles gets in the elevator to go get the others, and when he gets down to Mabel's floor, she's standing in front of the elevator. Yes. And they're, they're both like, the trash bag. And they get back in the elevator to go find... Oliver, and they get Oliver's floor, and they're like, oh, so we've all had the same idea. That's what Oliver says. Yeah. And they're like, the trash bag. He's like, oh, no. Um, I don't Different know. idea. Different idea, yeah. He doesn't say what his idea was. Yeah. Also, I believe this is in the morning, actually. I think this is still that night. I don't know. Like, Charles is weird. Charlie is weird. He's making an omelet, and like him making the omelet made me think it was probably early in the morning, maybe. Yeah, but he, he just has a compulsion to make omelets, as we learned. Yeah, yeah, we learned that very quickly. Yeah. Uh also, the trash is still there when they get down there. And mm-hmm. Assume... But, uh, I don't know. It depends on when they move the trash so and stuff. They huh? go all the way down to the basement, which is where the trash drops. Which, yes. if he was just going to throw the trash away, why did he take it on the elevator? This doesn't explain that. You know, it explains nothing. It doesn't explain... Because they find trash. Yeah, they find his trash bag. Though the argument here is obviously that that trash bag did not make its way to the trash room. And for some reason, they were like, why did he bring it on there? I don't know. Let's go check the trash when it's easily like, it probably didn't end up there. Or actually, he was coming home with a trash bag. And going up, yes. So why was he taking a trash No matter how you how you look at it, there doesn't what they their actions they take don't line up Their with, actions would assume that he had a trash bag with him for some reason and is taking it all the way upstairs before he drops it in the trash chute on his floor. Which, I mean, to be fair, depending on where the trash chute is on the first floor, might just be more convenient if the trash bag's not that heavy. Yeah, yeah. The only other reason would be, like, if you have keys to your trash chute room or trash chute, which it might be possible in a larger, nicer building, but assumably that's not the case, given the fact that they're all just like, he could have dropped that off anywhere. Yeah. So they, they start digging through the trash, and it's at this point where they decide that they should make a podcast. Yes. Specifically, Oliver suggests Martin Short's character. He's just like... We should do a podcast. This is like a podcast. Yeah. Well, could, could you imagine? Every true crime junkie definitely would have killed to be on the scene of the of the murder. Bad choice of words, Oliver. But, mm-hmm. like, I love this show in that it sets up any of these characters as a potential, like, murderer for Tim. Yeah. Because, like, Oliver needs something in his life. So does Charlie. And we know Mabel, at, by the end of this episode, we know Mabel has a direct tie to the victim. Yes. So, like, they all have... This aspect of them that could have motivated them to commit murder. Mabel is the least suspect worthy by the end of episode two, though. Yeah. So they all kind of just give up on this when they find a bag of trash that seem to have first drafts, basically, of suicide notes. Yep. So they just kind of go back to their podcast until Mabel, while just listening, like sitting around in her apartment, hears Bunny, her next door neighbor, yelling about something or complaining about something through her vent. Mm-hmm. And she remembers in the elevator, Tim talking about a package. And so I don't he, get how this makes the connection in her brain, but I think maybe in the elevator he mentioned something about his neighbor getting a package or some shit. So she goes to talk to Charlie about it, and they're just talking. And they mentioned like 
Oh, yeah, that makes sense because Bonnie would be on the same male line as Tim because apparently they separate package delivery up into lines or like paths, which makes sense when you have a bunch of tenants going around for dropping it off at each person's apartment. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, my stuff gets mixed up all the time. So they decide to break into Bonnie's apartment and see if the package is there. And they try, do they, they try to get Oliver involved, but like they can't get a hold of him, right? Yeah, I believe they briefly, like, see if he's there, and he's not. So Mabel's plan is to sneak in through the air duct in her apartment bathroom over to Bunny's. Which we hear, this is where we learn that the the apartment she has isn't hers, which Oliver and Charles had asked her about the night before, because they're like, we're we're old men, we bought our apartments when they were cheap, how'd you get yours? You're you're, you're like 25 or something, 26. And she just doesn't answer. Uh, Her character's 28. Yeah. And she doesn't answer. She's like, no, thank you. Don't want to tell you my backstory. Yeah. But she tells Charlie here that it's her aunt's place and she's just living there during the renovation. Yeah. Like, helping to renovate it. Mm-hmm. Which he finds a bit weird, like, you're fucking living in this because there's, like, basically nothing there. But it's whatever. Like, honestly, that that makes sense to me, like, as a person who is not capable of affording, like, an apartment of that size. Yeah, no, like, if a family member was like, hey, I've got this really nice apartment, it's kind of... In the middle of a renovation, it's, but, it's like... perfectly livable, but, like, things are coming in and out, but, like, you have running water, you have air conditioning, you have electricity. It's just redoing some floor. You have Wi-Fi. Yeah, like... Like, yeah, 100%. I'm there. Sure. I will be your, apparently, personal security guard for it and help out on renovations for it if you need. And live here for... Free, uh, assumedly. For months, at least. Yeah. Like, sure, I'm down. But so she's like, yeah, we can just pull this vent off and go through yeah. the wall. And he's just like, no, you forget. I was Brazos. So they go back to his room, his place. He gets some lockpicks. They come back down to mm-hmm. do the door. Um, while they're doing this, though, Oliver is visiting his son. Yes, he's taking a bunch of presents over. And we know he has a son already because at a point, Charlie was talking to Mabel about how the only thing Oliver really does is talk about directing and his grandkids. Yep, his grandkids are the most important thing in his life. Directing is just a way for him to make a living, he says, mm-hmm. which is definitely not the case. He's very much obsessed with, like, creating. Yeah. But he, he comes to his visit his son under the pretense of bringing gifts for his grand, for his grandchildren. But his grandchildren aren't there. They're out with... Their mom. Mother. Well, with, with his ex-wife, maybe? or With, I assumedly, his ex-wife. Because his son refers to the individual that his kids are out with as mom, so assumedly. Yeah. Or it's his mother-in-law, and he's just in really good terms with her. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of have, like, a lunch together, mm. and then Oliver essentially is like, hey, I, I need, need to borrow money. Like, yeah. I'm broke. I'm I'm eight months behind on my dues for my apartment. Da 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 da. I know we don't specifically learn about the apartment dues yet, but it's yeah. he he's behind. He he needs money, and he's borrowed money from his son before, and this is not becoming a habit. Yes. Meanwhile, Charles and neighbor are breaking into Bunnies because Charles has a lockpick that he got from the cast from the staff on Brasco's. Brasco's. And he's opening the door and they're talking and he tells Mabel about how the reason he lives alone is because everyone compared him to his father, which is for everyone it was meant to be a good thing because they liked his dad, but that personally he didn't want to be like his father he said his father treated his mother like shit and he didn't want to end up doing that so he's all alone because of it yeah because she specifically is like you've lived there by yourself for like 30 years all by yourself and he's like yep and this is why and so they get in the apartment and they're searching around for a box and charlie's just like she probably has a hutch or like a pantry or something where the box is search around for it. and then mabel's just like look under your hand because he has a hand resting on something and it's a giant box and it's addressed to Tim Kono. So they take it and leave. Yep. They go up to the roof to open it up for some reason. Don't fucking know why. Weird call. You should have went. I would have went to one of the apartment, either yeah. Babel's apartment or mm-hmm. Charlie's. But uh, well, whatever. They open it up and they find. It's a, it's a fairly decent sized box too. And it's a, Yeah, it's a fairly decent sized box. But inside it is a smaller box, which inside of that is a smaller box, which inside of that is a smaller box. It's not. Inside it, there's just a bunch of packaging and a single ring box. With an engagement ring in it. Look, the Matryoshka bit was going to be great. I don't know why. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't going to be great. Yeah, so they're like, who would kill themselves after being so upset that an engagement ring, an, an item that obviously yeah, what shows future plans, it's doesn't like, arrive. It's like the old like saying about how a person who's going to kill themselves doesn't prep dinner for the next day. Yeah. Like, which is a fairly reasonable line of thinking. Or you do that way the person that finds your body has a nice meal that they can throw up when they find your body, assuming you kill yourself in a horribly grotesque way. Yeah. Um, 
But then uh, we come back to Oliver as he's leaving his son's house because he's not getting money. So he seems pretty sad. But he gets a text from... Or, or he's sad because he has to borrow money from his son again. We don't know why. It was very... Their conversation went pretty terse immediately after they asked his son for money. Yeah. Because son was like, yeah, we can still... Like, you can... Like, do you want to have lunch and stuff? We can still do this. I, I want to talk to you. I want to spend time with you. And his dad's just like, I have to go. Can you get my jacket? Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. So Oliver gets a text from Charlie about how they found a clue regarding the Tim Connolly thing. And here he falls off the stairs and then bounces back up, which is a reference to his original monologue where he was talking about how he's been entranced by a video he saw online of a guy repeatedly struggling to climb stairs and falling down in different ways, but also bouncing back up. And this kind of carries through to the end of the entire episode where we see each of them drop something, um, which will then bounce and return to them. So for Oliver, he bounces and returns back to the top of the stairs. We see Mabel. She drops the engagement ring and it bounces back up to her hand. And we see Charlie who drops his omelet. With the second omelet he's been cooking? Well, the pan and omelet. And it bounces back up into his hand. Mm-hmm. And then the episode actually ends with a cut to... Oh, because during that scene where um, Charlie and Mabel are lockpicking, Mabel does give a little bit of her backstory. She talks about how her and her friends were like the Hardy Boys, and they used to do investigations. Yeah, because together. Um, Charlie asks why she hangs out with a bunch of old men, like yeah, running around investigating stuff. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, I used to have friends that we called ourselves the Hardy Boys, and I guess you guys might be my new Hardy Boys." Yeah, but the end of the episode focuses on a picture on her computer that says, "My Hardy Boys." Yes, and it's her. Two guys and another and another girl. Yes. There and one of the guys... Is Tim Kono. Is the dead guy. Yeah. There's also a brief bit where, as Charlie's heading back to his apartment, a neighbor runs into him. And his neighbor's just like, I can smell the almond you're always making, and it smells fantastic. And Charlie's just like, oh, I can try to... I'll make sure to turn the hood on. And the guy's just like, no, 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 it really reminds me of Lucy. Speaking of which, how is she? And Charlie's like, uh, we still talk sometimes, but... Yeah. Which immediately goes... Seems to go against his statement of the fact that he's always, always lived alone. alone. Yep. So the episode ends with basically everybody except Oliver being revealed as like a kind of a fraud, like yeah, not being upfront and honest. Though even Oliver is not upfront and honest. Yeah, he's like always talking about how successful he is as a director mm-hmm. and stuff, and obviously he's struggling. He can't pay bills. Yeah, yeah. That's the end of episode one. Justice. What are your thoughts? The show has Steve Martin and Martin Short. In it. I'm watching more. Fair enough, me too, but not that's not specifically why. I mean, it's not specifically why, but it definitely helps. Honestly, the show just strikes a really good balance between the comedy aspect and the mystery that even if the mystery doesn't pan out, as long as the comedy keeps its pace, I think it's perfectly fine the way it is. And it doesn't take itself too seriously in that aspect, which allows it to be more satirical in a format that I find enjoyable. Yeah, it's uh, this show is simultaneously hilarious. It's got some really well-written comedy. It will also... Being, a, being still a serious show, it strikes a very nice balance. And I don't want to talk ill of true crime junkies, but uh, y'all got problems. And the show taking pot shots at you is hilarious. Agreed. But yeah, I love the show. I think it's absolutely fantastic. So I would also watch more. And that takes us to episode two. Who is Tim Kono? Yes. And this episode opens with Charlie and Oliver in a closet recording the podcast because that's how you record podcasts yes. in a closet they, there's also a brief bit in the first episode where they decided upon the name and were attempting to record it, it yeah really the, the name of the podcast is the name of the show only murders in the building yeah uh initially they have to set that limit because oliver's like while we're investigating this we could open up a, a tangent investigation because that guy that mysteriously died in the park last night yeah and they're like no only murders. only murders in yeah. the building yep and then that's when they just had the name but they're recording when Mabel comes in and she opens the closet door. Well, she, no, they, they leave the closet because Charlie's complaining about how hot and stuffy it is in there. Mm-hmm. And they're surprised to see Mabel in the apartment. And he's like, how did you get in? And she's like, the door was open. And then Oliver's like, oh, yeah, I always leave the door unlocked. Well, yes, but technically the show starts with Mabel sitting around drawing a picture of Tim. Yes, that's fair. And watching old Brazos episodes. That's fair, too. I forgot about that. In which she sees the entirety verbatim monologue that Charlie gave her yesterday. About his father and how he was abusive mm-hmm. to his mom and, like, how everybody compared him to his father, even though, like, they didn't know that side of him. Yeah. Yep. I, I forgot about that being before this. Yeah. So... She sees all of that in the show. And she's pissed. Like, she's she literally says, what the fuck, and slams yeah. her laptop shut. And a paper slides underneath her door. Oh, yeah. That's right. And then she cuts. Then we do the... Uh, 
because recording the, episode and stuff in the closet. The, the paper sliding on the door is meant to be kind of ominous, but like it undercuts itself here in this next scene. Excellent writing because they're like, how are we going to find out more about Tim Kono? We have to be able to humanize him, make our, make our audience care about him. Yes, because the entire bit they're recording in the closet is stuff they know about Tim, which is he was a guy. He, he lived alive. alone. He lived in this building. He lived alone. He uh, had nice nail beds. Maybe he got manicures. Uh, he, he seemed to possibly be some form of Asian descent. Indian, Chinese. Every Asian ethnicity you can. Yep. Which definitely doesn't feel... Uh, and they're like, how are we going to find out who Tim Kono is? And it was like, was... Because they keep saying, who is Tim Kono? Who who Tim Kono is? And every time they do in this episode, she's like, was. was. He's dead. Yeah. And when she first corrects Oliver, he's like, well... I already called the episode, Who is Tim Kono? Yep, and, we're already in pre-production. Yeah. And, and Charlie's like, when did we finish the first episode? And Oliver's just like, it's business, that's how you do it. And Charlie's like, but how? We don't even know anything about him yet. And then Mabel no, holds up hold, these... Hold, hold, no, no, because before that, he goes, have you, checked the, have you checked his social medias yet? And she goes, he didn't really post a lot on his social media. He's like, well, what about the other websites? Have you tried all the other websites? And she's like, I've exhausted all the websites. Yeah. It, and he goes, oh, the internet has filled us. Yeah. And, but also though, when she came in and they ask how she got in, she mentions that she came in just because the door is unlocked and Oliver's like, yeah, I don't lock my doors. To which Charlie questions it. But Mabel says, yeah, the only thing old white men fear is calling cancel and societal change. Yeah. Because Charlie's specifically like, there could be a murderer in our building. And yeah. she, God, everybody has like banger lines. Yeah, the only thing you fear as an old white man is colon cancer and societal change. Yes. Bangers, zingers. But, and then this is where she reveals the paper. Yeah, You're so right. the paper she pulls off the door that just said quiet recording in progress. She turns it around. No, this is the paper that slid under her door. No, the paper they're recording on because they're dumb and don't pay attention is the same paper that slid under her door. Oh, okay, yeah. But you can see on the back of this one, it says the oh, quiet. Oh, okay, beautiful. I didn't catch that. Yeah, is... A paper from the apartment complex that's like, hey, we're having a little memorial for Tim Kono in the lobby. In 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So they go down to the memorial to like try to get an idea of who Tim Kono was. And this is just, just chef's kiss level comedy scene. Because they're all milling about the lobby area. Before we do that, we get the first flashback. Oh, yes. Sorry. Mabel's first flashback. Because she does know who Tim Kono was. Mm-hmm. We see her talking to Tim. They're confronting each other in the like vestibule by an elevator. By his apartment, yeah. Yeah, because Mabel's like, Oscar's getting out. And Tim's just like, you can't just show up after 10 years and bring up shit from the past. Things have changed. I'm different. Yeah, bas- just act like you don't fucking know me. Basically, yeah. They, they get they get an argument and she's like, well, fuck you then. And he's like. Yeah. Cool. And then they decide to never talk again. And yep. then we go down to the lobby. And then we go down to the lobby, and they're all just milling about, and then Bunny, the head of the apartment association, comes in, and she's like, there's chairs. What do you guys think they're for? Yeah. Sit down. This is only going to take as long as you make it take. Look, the body's already on its way back to Japan, where the family is. We have to do this for insurance purposes. And then a guy stands up, and he's like, hey, I just want to introduce myself. I know we're all probably feeling a lot of things about the death of Tim. Oh, no. And I'm the therapist. I'm on the sixth floor, and I take a Venmo. Yeah. wonderful so then they start doing the so they start talking about it and the three of them are like okay cool now we're gonna find out who the murderer could be or who knows anything about him and bunny the head of the the apartment association is like does anybody have anything they want to share about tim yeah and some people just kind of murmuring about how he was a dick and there's certain things like this and that any good memories or yeah and uh someone mentions he was the extremely asthmatic guy right so does that mean we can start using our fireplaces again and then somebody goes Wait, he was the why we couldn't use our fireplaces? I and, hated that guy. And yeah, Charlie goes, wait, he was why we couldn't use our fireplaces? Mm-hmm. Hated that guy. So as there's just general like murmuring about things people didn't like about Tim, there's a man who starts openly bawling. Just straight up sobbing. Yeah. And so Oliver kind of taps on the shoulder and like holds his phone out, which is recording to the guy. And he's like, and he's like, do you consent to be recorded? Like, no. do, you, do you consent to be recorded? Anything you say after this will be, will be interpreted as a yes. And, and he says like, no. <laughs> Wonderful. What, what what what's got you so upset? Why are you crying? <laughs> Let's not make it ill and that that was good, but it, it was you, I really got the sadness, but if you could just tone it back a little bit, your your tear your tears were 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 coming out well, over o- your Oliver says if you could tone it back a bit and then he's like what and then, and then Charlie's like your crying is um drowning out your drowning out the dialogue. 
And this guy takes directions so well. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> and Oliver's also like, I know it's sad, but like, if you could like make it come off as like a happy memory, like, yeah, th- you're sad because uh, of good times you remember. Yeah. So he was like, last night, my cat Evelyn died, and then another a woman next to him goes, "Oh my God, Evelyn, Evelyn died? died!" And, and the entire everyone starts reacting to the fact that the guy's cat died because apparently the cat seemed to wander the building and everyone was cool with it, which is. Which was the cat we saw in episode The one. most ridiculous part about this entire episode. This episode, yes. The most ridiculous part about the first episode was they all, they all listened to the podcast at the same time. And the second most ridiculous part of the first episode was giant, giant box for a tiny, tiny ring. But then the therapist stands back up and he's like, I know I, we're, I know all, we're all feeling really a lot about Evelyn like, right now. Sixth floor, Venmo. So they all kind of like, the wake kind of breaks apart. The yeah. memorial service kind of breaks apart. And Oliver's like... And Charlie... Like, plan out what they're going to do. Yeah, they go over to the table with the food. Oliver's, like, stealing food to take back with mm-hmm. him because that's how... He lives because he can't afford his house. Yeah. Well, he, he, he can afford his house. He just yeah, can't yeah. afford the homeowners association yeah. fees. And he passes off this as just, like, he really, really loves the food. Which honestly, he might. Like, it doesn't look bad for, like... Mm-hmm. But he's they like, decide, hey... He's like, this guy on the second floor owns sixth his... floor. This guy on the second... Uh, the, the I'm pretty floor. sure Dimis. I'm pretty sure the Dimis guy also lives on the sixth floor. No, okay, it's 100 percent second floor. He's like owns a deli and just makes the best dips. Has I, don't think I, I don't think I've listened. I don't think I've had an actual meal in years. I just live on his dips. Yeah. So they decide, hey, we need to talk to Ursula, the building manager, and Mabel's like the sea witch. Well, Mabel says you guys can talk to the sea witch. Yeah, I'm. I'm I have so- a headache. I'm gonna go back to my room. And she doesn't have a headache. She's just kind of like done with charlie and wants to like do this on her own now because yes meanwhile oliver talks to bunny because bunny's just like pay your fucking building fees building fees that's what they are Mm -hmm. yep and so they go down to talk to ursula and they're talking to each other and oliver's like i always tip her extra during christmas yeah and charlie goes i just give people a signed picture of of me yeah tip I, i think tipping is gauche and like, don't get me wrong, Charlie. I agree. Tipping is bad. There are a lot of like jobs and fields where tipping shouldn't be a thing. But like in this situation, like I wouldn't even call it a tip. It's up. It's like a holiday present. Like people do that. Like you don't necessarily have to do a bunch of cash or anything. Hell, you don't even necessarily need to do cash. But like a fucking headshot of yourself signed, seemingly year after year from the way you talked about it. Yep. Nah, man. Yep. Oh, like. Even something simple like a fucking batch of holiday cookies you bought at the fucking store down the street is he, better. He's also massively devaluing his own signature and right. headshots. Like, if he gives this as a Christmas gift year after year, just devaluing. Yeah. But Oliver's like, you should let me handle this. Ursula likes me, and you're not really a people person. And Charlie's yeah. like, what do you mean by that? People love me. And Oliver goes, mm, do they? So Oliver starts handling, and he's like, oh, you, you, and he's like, compliments her in a mm-hmm. weird way, but she's like, oh, those are those are my two favorite things. How did you know? And he's like, yeah. I know you. And like, yeah. do, you, do you maybe have that file for complaints about Tim Yeah, Kono? and she's talking about it, and she seems to be getting ready to give it to Oliver when Charlie pops his head in, and she immediately sets it down, and it's just like, and then on proper Charlie, it's like, I don't tip you because I respect you respect me less is what she says yeah. and then she tells them sure sure i'll give you this folder and i'll even let you know all the juicy things that were too much to go in the folder if you buy three boxes of gut milk yeah because on their way down to the they talk about how she's constantly like, trying to pedal she's always on a side hustle which you know would make sense if you're not working a job that makes a lot of money so oliver can obviously not afford the three things of gut muscle because it's, it's like gut 300 milk. gut milk yeah it's obviously like it's like 300 dollars. i believe it was 250 dollars a box yeah so he obviously can't afford it and then we cut from them up to mabel because they, we don't know they buy it at this point mm-hmm. but they're they're rejoining with mabel nope. no no uh technically that is what happens right after the scene but you skipped another scene so i just let you run through this because it doesn't oh, matter yeah, because we mabel have mabel's a flashback. second flashback yep. Which is when she was a kid here at the Arcane. I'm terrible Arcanio, at remembering Arcanio, flashbacks. Arconio, the Arconio, that's it. 
I just had to swap through all the fucking vowel sounds for Arconio before I got there. And she is just reflecting on that and the first time she met him. Yeah. Which is, she was sitting outside on the, like, fountain they have in the courtyard. Which is, like, a square fountain, weird, kind of, honestly. Not really. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a square fountain. Yeah. The, like, structure in the middle of the fountain isn't square, but the base around it is, which I've seen. Weird. I, do, I can't really remember a square fountain I've seen. But she is talking with Tim when she meets him for the first time. And all of this is set up because she's recording her thoughts about him on her laptop. Yep, as a video. Mm-hmm. And in here we learn that she meets him when they were both probably like 10 or 12. And he's a bit of a dick. He's a bit of a dick. He is a bit unempathetic but he's not a bad guy once you get to know him and yeah. they hung out for a really really long time for like years upon years with each other and they would go solve mysteries together in his mm-hmm. apartment because they really liked the hardy boys mm-hmm. like she did and she got him interested in it so they started reading and then they became friends with zoe and oscar and oscar was the son of the superintendent of the arconia and zoe was oscar's his- girlfriend yep and she got him to make a key a copy of the superintendent's master key and they started investigating other people's apartments, in quotation yeah, marks. Which, for Mabel and Tim, at first, when we first see them investigating someone else's apartment for the first time, does seem to just be like what they weren't normally doing. And then Zoe stumbles into the bathroom, finds mm-hmm. some pills, and is like, yay, party, and also starts stealing some jewelry. Yeah, so Zoe's a terrible influence and a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the end of the flashback. Yep. And then this is when Oliver and Charlie show up, and they all three reunite. Yes. Because they're like, hey, they're going to empty Tim's apartment tomorrow. And they learned that from Ursula. She's mm. like, well, if you don't buy the milk now, you never get a chance to get this folder again because they're going to take the files and empty his apartment all tomorrow. And so they show up to Mabel's door and they're like, hey, they're going to throw all of, all of Tim's stuff away tomorrow. You want to go explore? You want to go investigate his apartment? George, she sarcastically responds, yeah, there's nothing better to do in my afternoon than go through a dead guy's shit. Yeah. Um, which she says it sarcastically, but she's totally on board. Yeah. They all three go. As soon as they get in the apartment, Oliver starts freaking out because he steps in blood. Mm-hmm. And he starts yelling blood. He's like, <laughs> the best line. Is it my blood? Line. Is it his blood? Am I bleeding to my shoes? And meanwhile, Charlie's just like, don't yell blood. Yep. So they're kind of investigating through the apartment. Oliver they're confused because f- they're not finding like any pictures of a girlfriend or anything. Mm-hmm. And Oliver finds a bunch of like past due bills. He's like, mm-hmm. the, the cops did say he was having money troubles. Yes. Also, Charlie has told them to look for a cell phone or laptop, and Mabel's just like, the police definitely took that. My favorite part here is Oliver's like, oh, look, he's behind on his um, building, building fees. fees. And Charlie goes, I hate people that get behind on their building fees. It makes them more expensive for the rest of us. And then Oliver's like, yeah, I mean, I don't begrudge anybody who's a little slow to write a check. Yeah. Because he's eight months behind on his building fees. Yeah, and while they're talking about that, Mabel has noticed that there's a fuck ton of hardy boy books like every single hardy boy book in the series which honestly if i remember correctly like a complete set of those is worth a fairly decent bit of money nowadays i have no idea these nah probably not there's a bunch of reprintings i'm talking about like from the original printings for them maybe yeah uh and this is when they see tiny footprints tracking through the blood bloody paw prints and then just like wait evelyn died last night the same night as tim but and she the came... cat was here after he was dead yes so they take pictures mm-hmm. and then they head back to charlie's place well not before oliver discovers a box of sex toys yeah yeah and he's just like i bet we could get dna off these yeah oliver is the worst and also the best so actually we see another flashback we do get two more flashbacks here actually in the apartment the first flashback is the four of them broke just they, taking a picture basically yeah they've broken into somebody's apartment mm-hmm. they're all dressed up ready to like go out for the evening and they're all just taking a picture it's the picture that was on mabel's computer mm-hmm. the second flashback we get well, it, the only important thing in this picture is oscar noticeably and very genuinely seems to compliment mabel's Mabel appearance, instead of zoe yeah which so which seems to piss zoe off and he's like i already complimented the way you looked earlier like yeah and they talk about going to a rooftop party that mm-hmm. night which is on the rooftop of the Arconia. So the next flashback is them at this party mm. and Zoe and Oscar get in an argument because he was obviously cheating on her. She says it's obviously cheating, which seems to imply that there was... By saying obviously, it implies that it was not entirely obvious. Yeah. Like, perhaps it's referring back to the fact that he was complimenting Mabel the way he was or... Something that happened at the yeah. party. Honestly, she it seems to me off. like it's most likely, just from like what I've seen so far of Zoe, it's most likely like emotional cheating, which... Mm-hmm. 
is a thing and like for some people it's more important than it is to others but like it's obviously important to her but she storms off oscar follows and a few seconds later we hear a woman scream <laughs> it's a it's a bad full tim comes scream. running up the stairs and tells mabel i just saw somebody in it fighting with her fighting with zoe it wasn't oscar yeah and then uh in the flashback we get a little bit of mabel voiceover like uh, he he let oscar go to go down for this like oscar got arrested yeah we see oscar getting arrested actually and like tim knew that it wasn't oscar but he let oscar take the fall. yeah but he let oscar take the fall yeah. for it that's the gist of that flashback then we cut to charlie's apartment and charlie and oliver are talking about like how sad of a human being tim was and Mabel kind of snaps at them. She, she's like... Yeah, they're, they're still trying to get, like, why they should relate to him or feel sad for him. And she's like, because he was alone. Isn't that enough? You should fucking get that. She's talking to Charlie. Yeah, and, she, and then she's like, unless that was a lie, too. And he's like, what? I don't even know what you're talking about. She's like, your dad's speech? I, I was fucking watching... I, I saw that on YouTube this morning. Yeah. And he, like, is That's like... the only thing they ever let me write for the show. And I just wrote it. And he's like, so you repeated it verbatim? He's like... Yeah, is that weird? And Which, it is weird, but like he it comes also off fits as, his character. Somewhere. He comes off as so genuine here, like, mm-hmm. and it fits like who he's been so far. Even when he's not been interacting directly with Mabel, he seems to be someone who is extremely hung up on this one thing that happened in his life. Mm-hmm. And like Oliver tries to play mediator, and he's just like, "Look, the hardest thing about a new show is trying to get all the actors to trust each other. We just need to all trust each other." And that's what we're doing here. We're making a new show. Mm-hmm. We need to trust each other. So Charlie and Mabel agree to trust each other. And no more lies or mm-hmm. anything between them. And then Mabel leaves, and Oliver's immediately like, I don't trust her at all. And we get back to Mabel's apartment. Or actually, Mabel goes to Tim's apartment, not her own. Mm-hmm. And she sits down on the floor in Tim's apartment and talks to the ghost of Tim. Mm-hmm. It's a psychic projection. Still. It's like, yeah. she's, I don't know what the, like, canosity of this is. Like, how much of this conversation actually happens. If she's actually delusional or if this is just, like... I assume she's not. I assume it is all just, like, coping. Like, hey, like, her trying to this rationalize... This is a metaphorical conversation yes. that doesn't actually happen. That is my assumption. Yeah, that makes sense. And so she's trying to, like, rationalize it and, like, what's going on and if he was a good person or not. And he's just like, I've got no fucking clue, but it's... I always enjoyed trying to watch you figure shit out. And then she gets up to look at the Hardy Boy books, pulls one out, and out falls some additional jewelry. And then she opens it up and it's got a hollow cut into it where it's stuffed full of stuff and she starts pulling all the books off the shelf and all of them have these deep hollows cut in where, where the pages have been removed and they're just stuffed full of jewelry and yeah valuables and so then we see her again in her apartment with all the hardy boys books around her and like like trash bags full of hardy boys jewelry books. and all this stuff and she's once again talking to her computer and she's kind of just talking about everything that she found and she's like who who was tim kono and she gives this diatribe about how he was, he didn't, he never lied. Yeah, except, he, was, he was kind of a dick, but he was always genuine. He was always a genuine person. And he never lied, except the one time that it mattered. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's essentially what she t- says. And then she saves the file on her computer as, in case I'm next. Yep. And that's the end of this episode. That covers it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Only Murders in the Building, Justice? I ask because I brought this show to you, because I've already watched the first two episodes before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did stop at the first two episodes. I have not seen episode three, even though it's been like eight months since I watched the first two. Enough time for a second season to come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. So uh, I think it's good. I don't necessarily understand why there's a second season. Uh, strictly because like... It feels like something that could be resolved in it's one. It's one of those things where like mystery shows tend to go on for super, super long or too long. And it's always hard to understand, like, to see, visualize how they're going to stretch it out that far. That said, I think, for me, the best example of a show that was based around a mystery that stretched for a while was White Collar. And it was definitely at its peak in those mid-seasons. Like, yeah. season three through four, very good. No, when you hit your mid-stride of, like, the overarching mystery. Yeah, very, very good. And then when you start to resolve it, or if you do resolve it and keep going, which White Collar did for a while white collar's biggest mistake you was drop its finale though which yeah but i would definitely watch more of this in fact i probably will later ex- this week i'm excited to watch more of this only murders in the building feels like an excellent fusion of comedy and drama honestly and this is a weird stance it kind of has like a bit of a knives out feel to me kind of like, yeah it has the same type of comedy to it it doesn't take itself too seriously but it does actively want to create a mystery yeah it's very good i love it New episodes are actually airing on Hulu right now. Every week, new episode drops. We are not sponsored by Hulu, but I really like the show, and it's into season two. So if you want to binge watch season, <laughs> if you want to binge watch season one, catch up on season two. New episodes are dropping right now. 
But yeah, I love the show. I will watch more. I don't have anything to criticize on it, really. Like, other than a couple of Selena Gomez's dialogue bits feel very stilted, like, especially in the flashbacks with Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it, 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 it feels stilted, but it feels like it was a stylistic choice. It was definitely a stylistic choice, I yeah. believe. Yep. Yeah, no. Like, there's nothing I would particularly criticize about this. So, that being the case... If you want to investigate us a little bit, you can find us on Twitter at Copilots Review. You can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Or you can find us at copilotsreview.simplecast.com, which has a link to our Twitter, our Discord, our email, our Patreon, our YouTube. Am I forgetting anything? Our second hidden email, is that linked on the website? No, why would it be? Fair That's point. you have to discover a mystery you must solve it's in an episode somewhere don't ask me to remember which one that's right but anyways we want to thank you for flying with us and please go investigate your own murder for once not your not like your own own murder or like a murder that you've decided to investigate a murder that you found not one you've caused okay but but like what if it was your own murder? Like, you have been murdered. Are you allowed to investigate that? Yeah. Are we going to do, like, Yu Yu Hakusho no, stuff? Or no, like... you can be soul suspect. You can soul suspect it? Okay, cool. Yeah, you can soul suspect it. Anyways, Dude, soul suspect was a good game. Thanks for flying with us, and we'll see you on the next flight. 